from Romans 8, 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we, we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the good news. Jesus is the Lord of the Amen. Okay, so you can remember uh, way back when, two weeks ago, um, I gave you three examples. What were those three examples? Uh, I'll give you a vegetable. Remember? Kale. And, uh, and, I, and I talked about like a hot tub and like sound. Remember these? Remember these analogies? And, and what sin is like is, is that when you eat junk food all of your life, and then you try to go back to eating healthy, or try to go through eating healthy, like eating something like kale, you never like it. And then you got someone like Leslie, who ate kale all of her life, and of course she loves it. Um, sin is like that. Where is the more you sin, the less likely you want to go and live a faithful life. That's kind of the analogy that I gave. And then I said it was like a hot tub, where you, uh, <clears throat> you were in a hot tub, and sin, the more you sin, the more you kind of get used to it, and the more it kind of feels comfortable. And when you want to get out of that sin, that's when it starts to feel uncomfortable, right? That's that's better For those who sin here, by the way, that may not be everybody, I believe it may be, but it may not be everybody. Are these analogies striking home for you? I hope, right? Does this, some of this stuff sound familiar? And then finally, uh, uh, like the, I gave the analogy of the sound that was so loud in your ear, and it, 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 it kind of deafens you. It deafens you to God's call. It deafens you. He's hearing the holy words and things that he's supposed to do, what he's supposed to do. My father, who worked in the industry all of his life, um, was very much like that. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not confessing for my father's sin. I'm saying he worked in industry even death. <laughs> he lost a lot of his hearing. And to have him just be in a restaurant, he just, he just he can't convert. And I think our God, what sin does to us is it deafens our ability to hear his call upon our life. So those are the three analogies that I spoke about uh, a couple weeks ago. Any of that sound familiar? Yes? Take your back off here. Come on. So then we have the next analogy. Uh, the children of God business. I can remember when I was young, uh, younger, some of you, so I'm very young, um, I get that, but um, there's this, uh, when I was 19, this, this child of God thing, um, there was a guy at my college when I first came to Christ, he would walk around and say, I'm a child of the king, I'm a child of the king, I'm like, yeah. see, <clears throat> I probably identified far more with a revolutionary sense that the kings are bad, right, and so kingdom, actually, and I think in our culture, we don't get too well, right, does that make sense, I mean, I think that we understand it almost as a fairy tale. We understand it not as a person who lives in a kingdom. Who is a plain child of a king. We don't understand the honor of that. And I, uh, we understand it intellectually. I think we understand it as a reality. That you are, that your status is bumped up as a child of a king. But I don't think we get it. 
because that means there's a, a social equivalent. So that never, this, this, this passage never really had that kind of imagery for me. It just never did. So I always wrestled with that. I mean, it, it, the same thing goes with shepherding. I've never, I've never once grew up with a shepherd in my life. But yet, he would be called Jesus the Great Shepherd, right? I mean, I never understood it. You know, until you kind of see it. And even then, it's not, it's not personal, like it was to Jesus. I mean, some of these biblical analogies always have a tough time, we always have a tough time dealing with them. And we need to be very aware of how we don't hit home with them. So I'm going to give you three stories. Take three stories, definitely three, depending on the time, we'll see. Several stories about how I think this passage should really hit home like it pertains to sin. Okay? Here's the first story. We are all aware of Tiger Woods, right? Who here does not know who Tiger Woods is? Good. Um, we all know that he's a great golfer. Maybe one of the best, if not the best, he's ever played, right? Arguably, um, we also know that he has been in the news over the last four or five years with some distraction, some disappointing news, right? I think we're not, we're not surprised by this. We're surprised when it hits home with an individual. And I could tell you, it wasn't Tiger Woods that it hit home for me. We always have, we always have these stories. In, in sports and in television and stuff like that. I mean, we all probably could think of stories of someone that you kind of like. You like the show that they were on, or you like the movie that they did, or you like the, what they did as a, a news personality. Um, so, when I was a kid, growing up, this would be kind of weird for you guys, because I idolized my Tyson. Now, Bear in mind, Mike Tyson, when I idolized him, did not have a face tattoo, did not do all the things he did. The Mike Tyson that I knew was the Mike Tyson that dominated the sport of boxing. Now, I was a kid. I was eight, nine years old. I didn't know, I didn't care less about Don Chan and how years he was. Uh, that didn't register to me that there was a lot of dark stuff going on. None of that registered to me. All that I saw as a kid was this man who dominated a sport. I just got caught up in it. Dad would take me to these, uh, we didn't have cable where we lived, and so he would take me to these places where they would tell, you know, you'd pay to go in and watch the fight. And you'd, it's good. You take me. You just knew I really enjoyed watching my Tyson fight. And uh, so this is weird, right? Because we know how the story ends. I should tell you. Um, he lost to Columbus's. Yeah, yeah. He lost to Columbus. He made me hate Columbus for a little bit. I just hated Columbus as a kid. I was like, "Where's Columbus? I hate it." You know. And I, I saw him lose, and I was, we didn't go to the, we didn't go to the, he would have thought he would have lost us, fuck the devil. He would have thought that. So I didn't go, we didn't go, we didn't think he was going to lose this one, you know. And then you watch the still on the news, you know how they, they don't show the actual fight, they just show the stills of him going in the late rounds and getting knocked out. 
not well, let's be honest. I had a long series of surprises like that from that point forward, right? Of course, we got arrested and got all that stuff. And I can remember that after that, my bus was like, he's going to dominate again. I still had a hope. I still had a hope. And then, of course, all the stuff that he did. I remember after finding that out, I thought, he was a better person. Now, now that I know. So, I still have been enamored with this story for two years. But as long as I've been enamored with uh, just, uh, the type of person, I'm not surprised to feel like the awful things that I've never done. But when I, when I think about like as a kid, as like, I, I, I was more like, I never thought he could do that. I never thought he could be so awful. It just told me that. And I think, I think that that's more along the line of, I'm going to give you more stories to surround this out. So, I'm, the bulk of my analogy is not going to be about my type. Trust me. But I think, in a, um, in a way, our God looks at us. Much like I is looking at my face. And I think our God looks at us and when we fail, He looks at us and says, I created you, John. I created you to do such good things. Throw it away. Throw it away with that sin, throw it away with that sin, and throw it away with that sin. I created you, John. I think that's another analogy of why we shouldn't sin, because it breaks God's heart. Not because he, he wrote this law and he's upset that he broke the law. That, that, that is true. Don't break this law. But I think it's even more so. Why does that law exist? Because you never were created to break that law. And when you do break that law, whatever that law is, you're like the nine-year-old damn person. Why don't you just dominate life? Why don't you just be created to be? Because I created my Tyson into an image. Right? That's what grieves God. That's what Jesus is upset about with our sin. Not because he just wrote this law. And he said, here's the layout line in the sand, don't cross it. Yeah, okay, that's part of it. But that's not the only part of it. He drew that line in the sand because he's saying, on the other edge of that that line is a cliff. Don't cross. Please, don't cross. Uh, next, next story. I'll give you an example. Is, is much to, uh, um, used in the room. Forget I just said this, but the pastor ever said this. The adults in the room probably are quite aware that I have, uh, that I've sinned in the past. But whenever I was in high school, I did a very bad thing. I think really was really bad but it wasn't. So, kids, close ears. I, uh, set off a smoke bomb in, in high school. In the fire shop. 
And it was, we were second. The school was second away from the, the um, printer. And all of the computers. <laughs> I mean, we've been talking about some serious studies. And it was like a little grenade snowball. Did you know what that? No, it's a little grenade snowball. So, not only do they think, oh goodness, snowball, it's a grenade in a school, so they call it out. I got in trouble. So, uh, I had at least two weeks of suspension. Trust me, I regretted every single click of this. I, I'm, from the moment it happened, it was one of these things where I was like, oh, we're gonna, yeah, the kids are just gonna, the one's gonna go off, and we're gonna go off. And then when you saw how people reacted to it, you immediately were like, oh, I did not anticipate this response. <laughs> this seventh grader did not respond, anticipate this response at all. As most seventh graders do not anticipate and think out how people really respond to things like that. That's normal, right? So kids, don't do it, please. Please don't do it. It's stupid. It wasn't worth it. But what I will say is now that I'm using it as a sermon illustration, do what you will. I will say that uh, I was upset and nervous that my freedom was taken from me. My dad made me chop wood, I mean, we all this work in the house. But I was upset because I had to do that. I was upset that my parents were mad at me. But I wasn't upset. I wouldn't have done it again, but I wasn't upset. But then I met my grandfather. I met my grandfather. Because he was the one when my mom was off at work and my dad was off at work. He was the one who was the past man. And that was good. Um, he lived 300 yards behind our house. Uh, I would go meet with him. And, uh, he was the man, he was, he was this tall, and I, I love him a lot. He's a good Um, and he's just, he was just a piece of iron. He was in the same wall of the house. The ground, the ground, everything was just iron. And he, 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 uh, I worked with him and I could never keep up. To this day, I think I could keep up and I just can't anymore. I don't think I could play him. Up until he had his last throat, I don't think I could have kept up with him for that long. He was amazing how far he could get. So he was pushing. He was pushing. But I loved him. I loved him a lot. I loved him immense. I love my mom. I love my dad. Look at your mom. Your dad. I love my grandfather. And, um, we were eating lunch. From the woods from there. And uh, he said to me, you know, Dan, I never thought you'd be I never thought you could be My mom crying. No. Take that aside. My mom, my mom, when she, when, she, when that happened, she got so nervous that she was going to be a spell. She got, like, backed out. And she was on the couch. Awesome. I didn't even feel as bad about that. I felt bad. But I didn't really feel as bad about that as I did with my grandfather whenever we were sitting here saying what's in our hands. And he said, I just never thought you could do that. It just pulled it right out of me. Here's what it was like. 
And I think this is what it is. I think that being the child of the king, being a child of God is like this. That you sit there and you commit this sin and you're sitting face to face with the God who loves you. And you're sitting and you're up against an app and you got parents and you've got a And he looks at you and he says, I could not imagine that you were able to do That is why you don't sin. That is why you shouldn't sin. Because, not because of the guilt that you should feel, but because you let him down. Because you love him. Because, like my love for my grandfather, I didn't want to let him down. I didn't want my mother to have back spasms. I didn't want my dad to go angry. I didn't want any of that. But what I really didn't want is to let anybody down. And up until that moment, I didn't think I let anybody down. And that is why you're not supposed to sin. Not because it's, uh, yeah, there's, there is some huge danger to sin. Certain sins you commit, you're going to be in a lot of trouble, right? There's a lot of other sins that you commit on an everyday basis and you never reap the fruit of it, right? That's a sin. That's other types of sins that you commit. You might reap fruit down the line, but right now it's not something that comes up. But when you sit there, and in the woods, you know, you see your father and God. You both have sandwiches and pop in his hand. So that you never thought you could do it. It's difficult. And that pulls it right out. Alright? One more story. Um, <clears throat> April last year, I got to go to this preaching conference. And, um, I went to, uh, the Johnny Cash region. Anyone here Johnny, Johnny Cash fan? No, am I the only Johnny Cash fan in the world? Okay. Alright, I got two from here. Good! Good. Um, I, I have, a, I have like three or four really cool stories about Johnny Cash. Not that I've ever met him. But, uh, one of them actually comes from this. I went to the, the Johnny Cash museum that opened up literally that week. So cool. It's one of the first people to walk in there. How you got lost around, see all these stories, and all these interviews and stuff like this. And one of them was of this sheriff. Now, much like Mike Tyson, Johnny Cash had his, uh, uh past. Had his trouble. And he had, uh, with drugs, and he would get clean and sober for a stretch, and he was drugs, drugs again. Um, this is one of these, uh, uh, second relapses that he had. Um, they were interviewing this sheriff. And the sheriff, um, arrested Johnny Cash. Found the drug. And he was thrown in jail. Johnny Cash was sitting there. And, um, he recounts this story. Not, not just of arresting him, but when Johnny Cash came back to him. He told the story about how, what Johnny Cash said. This is what Johnny Cash said to him. He said, um, you know, I didn't think, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to give a little bit of Johnny Cash time. I didn't think, I didn't think that I did anything wrong. I thought you were going to be a bring down. But, you came to me. And this is what the sheriff said. He said, he had a handful of records and said, I love you. Johnny Cash. You know, he pulls up on him. He said, Gospel. 
all these tricky toys. He says, I love the music. I love what you do. I'm not a man that loves the music. He did. He took the record, put them down on the desk, takes the key. He opens it up, opens up the door. He goes, go be the man you are. That's the man I talk to you. He got up, got walked out of the prison. And got clean. And he came back, signed everything, did everything he could. You know, said, what you did there is what turned me around. That's it. That's in trouble after that again. But that story hits me on multiple levels. And here's why the one level that it hits me is the sense that we believe ourselves into thinking what we did wasn't that bad. Who we are really is not that bad of a person. That's a story. The story is an a reality of someone coming to terms with who they actually are. Simply, they actually are. And either they're going to be the person they are, they're going to was, or the person they're trying to be. And on another level, it's this sense of realizing that a God knows so much about who you are. He knows each and every bit of your heart. He's not surprised by the pills in your car. He's not surprised if you're going to go and do something stupid after you dominate a fight or the fact you're going to throw a smoke on. He's not surprised by any of that. He thinks it's a plane out of the And you know what? He's always unlocking the door for you. He's always staying there eating a sandwich with you. He is. He's always going to be there, present in your life, loving you, in spite of the fact that you might be disappointed in what you do. That is the love of our Lord. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. I can't tell you anything else than that. It's stories. Why don't you sin? Because God loves you. That's why you don't sin. Not because you want to read the first after the first two-thirds of the Bible that tells you all these laws and tells you how sinful you are. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Why don't you sin, though? It's a God like you. It's a God like you. That's why you don't That's why you're sitting there. That's me. He's always there. I think we just want to It's quite a bit disappointing. Okay. That's good news. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you want to be here and you want to eat a sandwich with us. And it's a metaphor. You want to be intimate with who we are in spite of no matter how simple we might be. Thank you so much. So we love you. We thank you. It is in the you. Let us stand and read the Apostle's Creed.